Hello, and welcome back to His Simple Truths Podcast. I'm Greg Mullins. Tyson Thompson. Hello, everybody. Super excited to be with you today. The title of this podcast is Overcoming Self. Wow. Um, we need like 30 podcasts just for this, just <laughs> right. for me on this one. <laughs> well, that being said, I'm going to let you handle this one. Sweet. So this is this is atypical, not typical is it atypical? Or, I don't know. Yeah. This isn't typical of how we usually operate. Greg usually gets the download on what we're doing. And uh, this is literally when the Lord says without purse or script, uh, we, we didn't script anything out on this one other than we started with a notion and got some feedback from some of our good friends out there. Um, so this is a uh, full send for the Lord. So overcoming self, I would honestly just uh, tell you that the best conference talk I think that's ever been given, and this is my humble opinion, is Elder Maxwell in October of 95, swallowed up in the will of the Father. Because that's really what we're talking about when we say overcome self, right? What's the one thing we have to give God that he doesn't already have and doesn't desire to control and yet wants more than anything so that he can fulfill his work, which is bringing to pass our immortality and eternal life. He wants our will, right? So overcoming ourselves is literally turning our will over to the Lord and doing what he wants us yep. to do. Agreed. So I want to read this quote because, and please, if you are, wherever you fall in the three categories of members that Elder Maxwell talks about here, don't take it as condemnation. And honestly, don't take it as adulation or uh, accolades because you've got, we've all got work to do. Just take it at face value, but it will help you recognize, I think, where you are in context of where other people are. And then if you realize where you are, you can move forward. So Elder Maxwell says, whenever church members speak of consecration, it should be done reverently while acknowledging that each of us comes short of the glory of God. Some of us far short. Even the conscientious have not arrived, but they sense the shortfall and are genuinely striving Consolingly, God's grace flows not only to those who love him and keep all of his commandments, but likewise those that seek so to do. I remember Elder Holland saying, boy, aren't we gl glad for that added little piece about those that are seeking so to do, right? Like yeah. not only is it for those who are, you know, really super obedient, but it's for those who are seeking it. It's amazing. Okay, so that's the first group, the conscientious, right, that are striving. The second group of members are honorable but not valiant. That's an interesting paradox. So they're honorable, but they're not valiant. Listen to his description. They are not really aware of the gap, nor the importance of closing it. These honorable individuals are certainly not miserable nor wicked, nor are they unrighteous and unhappy. It is not what they have done, but what they have left undone that is amiss. For example, if valiant, they could touch others deeply instead of merely being remembered pleasantly. In mm. a third group are those who are grossly entangled in the ungodliness of the world, reminding us all, as Peter wrote, that if we are overcome by something worldly, we are brought into bondage. So just ask yourself, ask the Lord, which of these three groups am I in? Am I in the genuinely striving group in the honorable but not valiant group or am I in the entangled in the sins of the world so what if I'm entangled in the sins of the world then what then it's uh, probably time to uh, work on being honorable and conscientious <laughs> interesting that the focus of the prophet's message on his world tour has been repentance yep you know, that change to be conscientious of what's happening on the planet and making a choice of where we want to be, right? Um, as we've been talking with people and mentoring with people, it's been interesting to hear the different places that people are at in their progression and what they're trying to accomplish, right? And um, trying to figure out how to overcome self. And when I say overcome self, I'm talking about the, the demons we talked about two podcasts ago, right? Like the fear. We've talked to people who have been told who they are, but they're too scared to step out and do what they've been called to do, right? We've been talking to people who are 
bound by Satan right now as far as him telling them that they're no good, of no worth, that they should just give up, Yeah, basically. Can't tell you how many times I've heard the words, you know, because in the discussions we have, right, we'll, we'll be talking about how often we're feeling the Spirit or how often we're, you know, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I feel the Spirit all the time. and But then they're like, but then I just get to a place where I'm like, well, who am I to receive great revelations from the Lord? And who am I to think I'm somebody special that I'm going to receive all these things? And it's like, in the words of Marianne Williamson, who are you not to receive those things, right? You're a child of God. You're playing small, doesn't serve the world. Yep. So... Like, it's been amazing to me that, like, the Lord has confirmed in these conversations that people have already, the sacrifice is done, right? Like, as far as what he wants, which is a broken heart and a contrite spirit, they're just not accepting the blessing that's there. Like, it's literally cast Satan out so he doesn't have a place, his foothold in the door to be like, neener, neener, you're stupid, you're never good enough, right? Like, all those little thoughts that keep creeping in our heads. So when we say that, cast, cast Satan out, um, I can hear a lot of people say, well, I do that already, but he keeps coming back, right? Like I, I tell him to get lost and 10 minutes later, I'm getting smacked again. So when we're talking about overcoming self, one of the number one things that we have to understand is that we are in a telestial fallen body. There is evil inherently in us. Whether we want to believe that or not, there are some people that I talk to who say, I, I've cast Satan away. I've blessed my house. Like, I don't understand how I'm still being influenced by him. Right. And it wasn't a joke when he was like, this is my kingdom, right? Yeah. You've looked, you've seen my kingdom and my greatness and glory. And now you want to have possession of all of it. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So how do we. How do we learn to control that inherent evil within us, right? The natural man. That's really what we're talking about. Uh, the father said that if we put off the natural man, that we'll have everything that he has. And so I know for me, as I thought about that and worked at that, and the natural man kept coming back and back and still comes back and back, there was a time when I got pretty frustrated. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. I don't know if I'm good enough to even go there. Um, I love this quote from the beginning of one of Elder Holland's talks. He says, The scriptures were written to bless and encourage us, and surely they do that. We thank heaven for every chapter and verse that we have ever been given. But have you noticed that every now and then a passage will appear that reminds us that we are falling a little short? For example, the Sermon on the Mount begins with a soothing, gentle beatitudes. But in the verses that follow, we're told, among other things, not only to kill, but also to not even be angry. We're told not only to not commit adultery, but also not even to have impure thoughts. To those who ask for it, we are to give our coat and then give our cloaks also. We are to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, and do good to them that hate us. If that's your morning scripture study, and after reading just that far, you're pretty certain you're not going to get a good mark on your gospel report card, then the final commandment in that chain is sure to finish the job. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. With that concluding imperative, we want to go back to bed and pull the covers over our head. Such celestial goals seem beyond our reach. Yet surely the Lord would never give us a commandment that he knew we could not keep. Elder Holland. I love that. So a long time ago, my mom... Uh, and my dad taught me a concept that I really has resonated with me, and it's it's what the meaning of of perfect is. Um, synonyms for that would be complete or whole, right? And you could add clean to that. So, brothers and sisters, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that when you felt the Spirit so overwhelmingly in your life that you feel cleansed. Like you come away from that experience and you know, you couldn't hold back the tears. I don't cry very much anymore, which is kind of a blessing and it's kind of a curse. Sometimes I wish I could cry easier, but I can tell you that the times when I have felt the spirit so strongly, um, that I couldn't control my tears. I know for a fact that those were baptism of fire experiences. And I testify to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that if you've had those experiences, those baptisms of fire, that's an evidence. You turn to the Lord 
right after that, next time you have that experience and turn to him and ask him, Lord, am I clean? And he'll give you an answer. And for that moment, right? And then any subsequent moment as you're feeling the spirit throughout the rest of your life, you can take that as evidence. As Elder Eyring said, you're on the path. And then there are events where you're clean and forgiven. You're complete and whole. But either way, you're on the path. You're still moving forward. So I think that for me, that's the easiest way to not get lost in the world and know that I'm following the will of the Lord and I've overcome myself is when I'm feeling the spirit in my life all the time. I think one of the places that we all get tripped up is after we have those amazing spiritual experiences, there's a law of heaven that is equal and opposite, right? So we, if we have those spiritual experiences, that gives Satan the opportunity to have the same amount of opportunity with us, right? And unfortunately, he always comes second. <laughs> so we have these awesome spiritual experiences, and then we get hammered. And we're laying in the dirt with our face in the ground thinking, did that really happen? Or why am I sucking dust right now? <laughs> uh, that that's a, reminds me of a talk by Elder Holland tomorrow. The, world, the Lord will do wonders among you. I think it was from 2015. But just look that up. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And he uses the example of Moses, right? How Moses went up the mountain. And after he has this mountaintop experience with the Lord... <laughs> Satan comes and just wrecks him, right? And the Lord, he's like, the Lord is laying out a pattern here, right? And then he talks about coming down from, from you know, from heavenly mountaintops and having to deal with the regu- regular vicissitudes of life, the regular challenges that we all run into. And that's just a normal pattern. And Greg and I, we're not exempt from this. Like, I can't say this enough. Like, Greg and I, I said this in the very first podcast, and I'll say it now, we get wrecked pretty much every day in some way or another, where we we get a spiritual high, get a bunch of new downloads, share it with each other, and then two hours later, we're like, what just happened? Dude, I'm getting wrecked right now. <laughs> so don't think that you're not on the path because Satan's coming after you when the Lord gives you a download. It's like he's always tracking our frequency, Satan is, and when our frequency changes to a higher frequency, he He's like searching for the right frequency and then he just hits the squelch button in our ears like and we're like oh. I don't know if you've ever heard the squelch on a radio but it's like the most if you have your headphones in your ears like yeah you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin. Yeah, we uh we have a tendency in our natural man state to um forget quickly, right? Those spiritual experiences because usually it's not a all day long, every day high that we're running on. He gives us those little bursts and then he lets us uh, tango with the adversary again for a little bit. And then he'll give us that, I'm still here. You're good. Keep going. Right. But a lot of us, we get to the point where we we get ourselves in lockdown. Um, in sales, we call it analysis paralysis, right? <laughs> like the whole goal as a salesman is to make sure your client doesn't go into analysis paralysis because at that point, they're not buying anything, right? <laughs> so we convert that over into um, Satan using that tool in the opposite effect, right? He's like, if I can get them thinking way too much, they're going to go into paralysis and I've neutralized them. They're on lockdown. And so you've got Heavenly Father standing on the other side. He's like, it's really simple. Like, it's really simple. Are you listening to me? Just listen to me. Did you feel that? That was me. I'm here. I love you. You're doing a good job. (laughs) Now just go do what I've asked you to do. And then we're like, but what about what Jim's going to say and Susie's going to say and people are going to think I'm weird and I don't know if I should do that. and, And what if they... What if they think I sound funny or whatever it is, the analysis paralysis that we go into that locks us down. And so we we sit there quietly on our pew and listen, and then we go home. Great. And we don't actually say anything. Yep. Right. And I can tell you without question, I testify to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that it's worse, way worse to disappoint the Lord than it is to be judged by anybody, falsely or otherwise. Yeah. Like... I have, when you lose the spirit because you didn't do something the Lord wanted you to and you failed to act 
and he pulls the spirit away, there's nothing worse. Like you're, or you did something you shouldn't do. And you, you know, either way, whenever you lose the spirit, especially after having to be there or living there with the spirit for a continuous period of time, when that carpet gets pulled out from under you, you're like, Oh, and there's a difference between the Lord withdrawing his spirit because you've done something wrong or withdrawing the spirit so that you can stand on your own a little bit more. Um, and I think that that's important to differentiate just because Greg and I found that out and it was crazy because it's taken me forever to finally have that stick in where I'm like, Oh, so I go to the Lord in that moment, right? When I feel the spirit withdrawal and I feel less power than I had before I go to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, did I do something wrong? And the answer is no. I'm like, okay, well, why am I feeling like this? And he's like, stand up. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I, I do my best to stand and sometimes I get knocked down and then I'm on the ground pleading, like, help me up. And he's like, okay, come on. So there's a difference there. And I hope folks realize that just because you're getting wrecked doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It's probably because the Lord's like, okay, stand, you're ready. see the light. Yep. So now you got to use the light. It, we talked about this in one of the other podcasts, just briefly, that the whole point of us being on this earth is we're trying to become like our heavenly mother and father, right? And in order to do that, we have to learn to control chaos, to coexist with it, with us in control, right? So father places us on this earth in a telestial body that has evil element in it, right? And we have to learn how to control that element. And Sometimes we think we got it licked, right? We're like, I'm doing so good. I've been, I haven't eaten ice cream for a month. And we're like, I'm never going there again. Or for people who are struggling with pornography, I've been, I've been free for three years. I'm never going back. And then all of a sudden, you slip up, right? right? Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're dealing with, here's the truth that you're here to learn to control your telestial self. And you cannot do it on your own. It is not possible. And so what happens is every once in a while, the Lord pulls back some of the light and strength that he's using to help you control what's going on. And those are those moments where you're like, you just fall on your face and you're like, I suck. (laughs) I can't even do this anymore. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. And you think you've done something wrong, but the reality is the Lord just pulled back a little bit so that you could expand your capacity. Because every time you go through one of those valleys, you're gaining more strength and more capacity. Think and about that. Like the way down, right? You use, you're using, if you're hiking, you're using your quads, right? And on the way up, your hamstrings and calves are burning, right? Yep. It'd be pretty funny if you only had quads or hamstrings, right? Like... <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to walk. So that balance of both of those muscle groups are what allows movement. And it it allows, you know, because we're using them to go down and up, we're, we're gaining strength both ways. Another way you can look at it is, is exercise, right? If you want big muscles, you go into a weight room and you tear the crap out of your muscles until you can barely move. And then they grow back stronger. And then you go back and you tear them down again and you hurt for a while and then they get better and then you feel stronger and that's really what's happening to us spiritually on this earth right heavenly father says here's your workout so we go do our workout and we're like the two days second day stiffness right where you're laying there like what the freak did i just do (laughs) why did i volunteer to do that and then a couple days later you're looking at yourself like oh Look hey, pretty good. That tricep wasn't there before. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and you're like, okay, this is cool. I look better. I feel better. I'm going to do it again. So you go work out again, and then two days later, you're like, what the heck did I just do? <laughs> yep. But that's really what we're doing spiritually is we're learning how to overcome ourselves by a constant exercise where we break it down, build it back up, break it down, build it back up, peaks and valleys. So it's, it was interesting. I got got to point this out because it honestly, when the self-help generation of garbage, right? Philosophies of men got put out there. It crept into the church, into the culture of the church, which is how we ended up off, off center from Christ. 
um, and I'm not saying from a brethren standpoint as much as just as the lay members, like, oh, you set a goal and you go do it. You set a goal and you go do it, right? Like, so that's the problem is that where's the room for the Lord in all of that, right? And, and for his strength to enable us to continue to move forward. Yeah. This, is, this is a battle of attrition, right? Like Satan wins somebody when they stop working out, mm-hmm. right? They stop spiritually working out. Right? Like, brothers and sisters, the parable of the ten virgins, just going to throw this out there, it's honestly probably worse than than half of the members of the church and half of the Christians right now that are asleep. And that's okay, because they're going to have their opportunity to, to wake up when, sadly, when everything falls apart, when the Lord pulls the rug out. But, but the your religion needs to be focused on riveted as the prophet has said on the savior and repenting all the time. And when we repent all the time, we get the power we need to overcome ourselves. You don't get the power you need to overcome yourself by self-discipline. Yeah. I just need to do better. I need to do, I need to, I need, I need. okay. The Lord's like, okay, go ahead. And you do. Okay. Let me know how that goes. Right. <laughs> Let's go back to the weight room analogy really quick. When you're lifting to build muscle mass, you don't just grab a light weight that you can do and just do it over and over and over again, right? Because if you just do the same weight over and over again, you're building a stanima, but you're not building muscle. So when you're going to build muscle, you've got a spotter with you and you're lifting a heavy weight that eventually is going to make you go to failure, and once the failure happens, then your spotter lets you do two or three more by him helping you, right? I love it. And all of the gains are made in those last four, five, six reps that you do with your spotter. So think about that, brothers and sisters. When you're repping for growth, your savior is your spotter. And he's standing there and he's like, keep going. I got you. Do and, one more rep. And how many times are you on the bench and you're like, I can't do it. And he's like, you got it. And I love it when that analogy, because how many times, right, as you're getting stronger, I worked out with a buddy. I've never lifted a lot, but I, when I was down at, in Texas for training once, I did a ton of weightlifting with him. And he, like, he would tell me, like, I would, like, be doing the, he's like, one more. And, and he'd be like, come on. And he'd kind of let go of the bar a little bit, right? And he's like, come on. And I'm like, and I'd get mad, right? And I'd push it up and I'd put it on the rack. And he's like, that one was all you. And I'm like, no, it wasn't, dude. You were helping me. And he's like, no, I swear that was all you. Like that that last one, you didn't think you had any more left three or four reps ago. And then that last one, you just, you you grunted it out. I mean, he had his hands on the bar still, and he, but he wasn't really lifting. He was yeah. just making sure it didn't fall on my chest again. Right. Yeah. We, uh, so we talked about a couple podcasts ago, make, make a choice, right? What do you want? And the reality is you're never going to get on that weight bench with that heavy weight, trusting a spotter, if you don't want bigger muscles. Right. <laughs> right. If you're happy uh, living in the Telestial program, either scraping by or sitting on fat stacks of cash and you got your big barns with all your stuff, okay. You know, I, that was that came up in Gospel Doctrine this week. They're like, well, you know, what? what is this parable telling us about what we're going to experience prior to the second coming. That was the question that was asked. And I'm like, well, it depends on where your paradigm is. If you're thinking I'm going to take my ease and hang out, you're not overcoming yourself. You're, you're actually entertaining yourself, literally entertaining yourself, right? That natural man. And it doesn't have to be with anything carnal, but I testify to you brothers and sisters, if that's your mentality and I've been there, so that's why I can recognize it pretty easily. If you're, if you're taking your ease in Zion and saying all is well, and you're just going to hang out, you're going to have to go th- you either front load and take your lessons and lumps now while the Lord's handing them out at, you know, a line upon line, or you, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to get them all full barrel, like both barrels all at once. And you're going to have a, way more than you can deal with it's going to seem like, well, it probably will be for a a period of time until you turn to the Lord sufficiently. So I don't know about all of you. I'm a slow learner, but I'm always trying to learn. (laughs) Like (laughs) I I'm done with the whole, I'm going to rest on my laurels and not give up my 
positions and possessions. Like, I don't care about any of that anymore. I literally just want to qualify to have a spirit every day. And if that means ultimately I end up living in a cardboard box on the side of the road eating PBJs and Top Ramen every day, then hey, like... <laughs> fine because <laughs> at least i know i stand with the lord and he told us something about mansions later on so i'll, I'll take it then yeah that's really what it comes down to is is deciding where we're at right are we going to believe what the prophet's telling us that the time is very short or are we going to walk around with the attitude of ah, they've been telling me the time's very short since i was a little kid right I had a brother tell me that uh, the other day. He's like, and he's probably in his 70s. He's like, they've been telling me since I was a kid that we were the chosen generation and, and the time is short. Yeah. And then my dad said he said the same thing about his generation. <laughs> well, guess what, brothers and sisters? Someday the the generations will run out and we we will be the generation. And I don't remember a prophet ever saying that until President Nelson, who has said, you are the generation only once. And it was President Benson to our parents' generation. And that's who I was talking to, right? And so I looked <laughs> right. at him. I said, well, if he told you that all that time ago, that means you've had 30, 40 years to prepare. 40 years. You're, hmm. you're still alive, which means you are still that chosen generation, right? <laughs> like, you're not dead yet. And the current prophet just told you to get ready. Like, why are you going back in time and saying it's not you when you were told it was you back in time? Like, right. And he paused and he sat there and thought about it for a minute and it like connected. He's like, holy crap. Like I've been, I've known this all along and I've been sitting back doing nothing about it. So a scripture that I was like completely perplexed about for a long time was when the Lord said basically that people will be at ease in Zion and they'll say, they'll say, well, the Lord's obviously waiting to come until the end of the world, right? Yeah, that's exactly that attitude. Well, it hasn't happened yet, so it's probably not going to happen, right? Yep. And the Lord's like, okay, if that's your choice. And, and I don't want to play in that program. I really want to be in gathering mode, like full-on pedal to the metal, going out as a rescuer versus someone being rescued. Yeah. And that's what it's going to come down to. Either you're going to go out and be a gatherer right now and help rescue people and bring them to Zion and be qualified to be in Zion with the Lord when he comes, which he will appear to those in Zion before he appears to the rest of the world. And thereby, those who think he's coming at the end of the world will be right because he'll come in his glory to everybody else and the earth gets destroyed. I don't want to be on that end of it. I want to be on the front end of it helping build Zion and helping bring people to Zion, not on the back end of it in the burning program. I paid my tithing. I want to read to you um, what one of the people that we've mentored with told us. Because, so here's the thing. The Lord needs us to step up and help people who are wandering right now, right? He needs you with the knowledge that you have and the light that you have to go give that light to somebody else and help them stand up. And I testify to you again in the name of Jesus Christ that if you stop right now, if you pause this and you think and prayerfully ponder and ask the Lord, who can I go to? You're going to get a name. No it's going to happen. Yep. It may be a non-member, but my guess is, brothers and sisters, it's somebody who feels completely cut off and alone because they understand the things that we're talking about but they have no outlet and they have no one to tell them you got this. So that's exactly what Greg's going to read. And that's exactly what our experience has been both in the podcast and in the mentoring that we've been doing. Yep. So this person said, and this, as I read this, I just want you to know that I have no desire to toot my own horn. I want you to listen to who she gives the credit to, right? Because this isn't, Tyson and Greg teaching people. This is literally the Lord using us as an instrument to give light and knowledge to somebody who needs it. How many times have we told you we're knuckleheads? Like we, we're all the only thing that we good that we do is that we just try to do what the Lord wants us to do. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make us any more any better than anyone else. We're just trying, and that's we fall on our face a lot, but we're trying, and the Lord blesses us for it. And this this quote is evidence of that. So just to add to that. As we started doing the mentoring, every time it was time to get on the phone with someone, I would go to the Lord in prayer and say, I don't, 
I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. I've got years and years of mentoring training, right? But this is different. We're not training the telestial program. We're trying to help people progress in the celestial program. And so every time I go to the Lord and say, you know this son, you know this daughter, I don't. What do they need to hear? And and this is some of the results that we've had. So I have so much love and respect for the work that these two are doing. I was excited to mentor, but truly had no idea how much my life and heart would shift after. From the moment I got off the phone, uh, got off the phone from that first mentoring session, I could feel the shift of the Holy Ghost so strong it rocked my soul. I felt empowered and stronger in my connection to God and my life's work. It was, I was no doubt led to them by divine parents who know me and knew what I would need, that I would need their help and knowledge. The self-work they invited me to do enabled me to see a grander vision of my specific eternal and re- reconnect to my highest, well, my highest well-being. It has been sweet to know more and be able to offer more to those around me. I could mentor with them for hours. Grateful is not enough of a word but I really am so thankful Greg and Tyson are truly who I needed to help level up my life's mission, my focus, and my preparation to become who I came to earth to be. So here's a person, right, that now has gone to a new level. They had a workout partner, right? We were their workout buddy for a minute. Gave them a couple pointers for things that we figured out from us hurting our own selves, <laughs> right? We give them a little bit of extra light and knowledge. And what's the first thing they want to do? Go around and give that knowledge to more people, right? One more gatherer just woke up and is now out seeking to do the Lord's work. By overcoming self. Grace for grace. Line upon line. Receiving the fullness. Active participant in the restoration. And that only happened because we were willing to listen to the Lord say, I want you to do these mentoring appointments, right? And we both looked at each other like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know how to do that. Like, who am I to tell other people how to, you know, how to receive help? Like, I don't even feel like I know all this stuff myself. Right. And Greg's so right. Like, let me read some pieces of, of one that was sent um, as well. Says I've been on a spiritual journey now for three years. My soul longs for the Savior. I meditate on a regular basis and practice coming into His presence. Um, I feel the Savior's love for me and look forward to the day when I can be wrapped in His loving arms and kiss His nail-scarred hands and feet. Um, for some time now, though, I felt like I was at a wall in my progress. Uh, I was excited when Greg and Tyson announced that they would be doing mentoring. I had the opportunity to participate last week, and I want to share the experience. So normally, she's, this person says that she meditates, and she, um, she has experiences with the Savior, but it feels a lot of shame um, and doesn't feel like... Worthy. Worthy, yeah. Um, can't look him in his eyes. And um, she says, one thing that I was able to see through the mentoring is that the Savior loves me for who I am now. He's not waiting for me to reach a certain expectation or, per- or level of perfection before he will reach out to me. Together with the Spirit, we worked through some false beliefs that I have, that I've had, that cause this wall or barrier to stop me from fully experiencing the fullness of the Savior's love. And this particular person has a past that that she wasn't letting herself overcome. The Savior already forgave her for it. She wouldn't have been feeling the Spirit so strongly in our conversation or in her life if the Savior hadn't already paid for it, but he had. And so um, then at, she says after she got off the phone from her mentoring session, she went to her closet and started to meditate. And it was at that point that I saw the fit Savior, saw my Savior, and I felt so excited. There was no awkward, awkwardness, no hiding, no, no barrier. I ran to him. I jumped in his arms, and he swung me around like we were best friends in the airport, seeing each other for the first time after being apart for a long time. 
we laughed and just held each other. I cried so hard, and that wall of awkward with awkwardness was finally gone. I truly felt myself the way he felt about myself the way he sees me. I felt so much love and goodness it's hard to express. Like that's the fruits of what we all should be doing, bringing people to Christ. Let's you share that quote again, the who are you not to be? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, let me look it up. I got to memorize. You got to memorize? <laughs> I, uh, want, I want Tyson to share this quote again. <clears throat> and I know we've shared it multiple times, but I think it's pertinent here again. And when we talk about overcoming self, the first thing, first step is to make the choice, right? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be part of the gatherers that President Nelson is calling up right now? Do you want to be part of the gathering of Israel, which is the period of history that we're in right now? And if you do, then you make that choice, right? And then you start to recognize what you're not doing. You know, if you want to participate, there's things that have to be done. And so you recognize those and you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I want to change these. I'm being fearful, right? I'm scared of what other people are going to think of me or I'm doubting whether the things I'm hearing and feeling are true or I don't feel worthy to be part of this. You know, whatever, whatever the, the holdup is, you recognize that and you desire change. And change for me now is the key word. Repentance and change are interchangeable. They're the same word, right? You desire change. You go to the Lord and you say, I'm ready. I want to be a part of the gathering and I'm ready to do whatever it's required. I want that change. And then you start to take things one at a time, right? And you start to work on them one at a time. But before you can do that, you have to recognize who you are and why you're on the earth right now. That's the other message that President Nelson shares in every single one of those world tours. If you want to be a part of or gathering of Israel, you need to repent and this is who you are. Those three things in every single one that I read are the three messages that he's sharing. Um, I, I've shared this before, but President Nelson, <clears throat> in a training meeting with a bunch of 70s and stake presidents, someone asked the question, what do we do with somebody who's struggling with addiction or pornography? And that is only a small part of the answer, a small subject, subsection of the population that needs this message. But President Nelson said, teach them who they are and teach them their purpose. Right. Yep. Like, and so all of a sudden the things of this, of the flesh, right. Don't mean as much to me when I know who I am. And there is so much to that brothers and sisters. Like if you ask the Lord with the right humility and intent that you're going to act on what he tells you, who you are, you're going to have a baptism of fire experience. Like I testify to you that that is going to happen ask him for the 10 minute clip like sister nelson said exactly right? yep watch that youtube video <laughs> right you're going to learn things about yourself and who you really are that you were not going to learn any other way no one else is going to tell them to you it's not like i'm going to receive it and be like yeah you're such and such and such and such no that's the lord's role he's earned that by his atoning sacrifice it's his role to tell you those things and he's going to if you ask with real intent yep. so here's the quote Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That is so powerful. Marianne Williamson, I don't care whatever she does with the rest of her life, like that qualified her for the true messenger book as far as I'm concerned, right? right? Like she crushed it. Totally inspired. If you really stop and consider where you're at. So I think 15, 20 people I mentored over the last couple of weeks, right? Very common. The thread was not that they were scared 
because they were too weak, but they were scared to release who they were, to really just let go and do the things that they know they were called to do, right? We know inherently who we are. Our spirit knows. It's it's literally embedded in your spirit. Like you brought it with you. Yep. That blessing that Father and and the Savior and Mother sent you to this earth with is literally like a scroll, like Sister Nelson talked about, attached to your spirit, to your soul. And once you come awake to that and you learn who you are, and then the, the mission of what you're supposed to do, your purpose starts unraveling and you're reading it, it's like breathtaking and it comes line upon line so there's no chance to get overwhelmed and you just do the next thing the Lord puts in front of you. And pretty soon you're like, wow, that was amazing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I didn't think I could do that. I'm going to read you. This is another, um, this is from another one of the people that we mentored with. I do not have adequate words for the blessings His Simple Truth podcast is bringing into my life. When you announced the opportunity to have a mentoring session with you and Tyson, I went right to your website to schedule a session. I have several areas in my life that I'm trying to push through to the next level. I have longed for a mentor who could help me walk this journey in a way that aligned with what I was coming to understand doctrinally from my own personal studies. I have felt the press from the Spirit to be and do more. Like many, I struggle. I was without a resource to reach out to that offered what I needed until your mentoring opportunity came along. My experience with you was phenomenal. As I expected, the Spirit was strong as Greg and I discussed how to implement the tools I needed to accomplish my goals. I am working on those tools, and I look forward to additional mentoring sessions. So... What happened here is there's a person who knows there's more, right? Their spirit's like, hello, I'm in here. We like, got a list of things to do and we're not doing them. <laughs> Which is how Greg and I felt up until we honestly started doing these podcasts. And then we only got a taste of it. And now that it's like full send and mentoring, it's a completely new level of us realizing our mission. So anyway, yeah. sorry. That's, uh, just, that's right. Just, we're learning as we go too. So we stand up, right? And recognize that there's more within inside of us. And we're like, all right, Lord, we don't know how to do it, but we're here. We got all this energy. <laughs> we'll bounce around like, okay, use us. And we step up and we allow our light to shine, right? Allow the Lord's light to shine through us. Right. And people recognize that, right? And now here's a person who now also recognizes their light and has the tools that they need to start progressing and moving forward and unlocking that inner latent potential, right, that we talked about. It's like being at a candlelight vigil, right, where people are lighting each other's candles. Like, it starts with one flame, right? And it's yeah. just like, all of a sudden, there's enough light that I've seen it in memorial services and stuff where they've lit a whole football field, right? Like, yeah. not quite bright as day, but pretty dang bright because all of those flames were lit. Yep. Overcoming self, when we say that, the part that we're overcoming is the natural man, right? We have to bring the natural man into submission with our spirit. So we take our heart and we have to take down the walls that we've built up to protect it, right? From all the people who have hurt us. And we have all this information in our mind from years of going to church and studying the scriptures and listening to knuckleheads on a podcast and it's all up there, but we don't know what to do with it because in order to use it, it has to go from your head to your heart, right? Your heart is where your spirit is in control. Your mind is where your natural man is in control. Thank you, brother Ray. Right. Yeah. Like big shout out to our, to our past brother. Um, but he's, oh he's working on the other side. Like he taught us that he's like, you got to get that out of your head and put it in your heart. God. Over and, he would, and over and, and over. And he would again. look right into your soul when he said it. You're like, I'm melting right now, but I feel it. <laughs> and I remember just looking at him so frustrated. Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> right? And he would just look at me. He's like, you're not doing it. You're not taking that from your head to your heart. And I finally, after a lot of practice, learned what that meant. Right? I came to understand that my I have a very logical brain. I'm a thinker. I've 
I have to process everything and find the scriptural backup and know that it's true before I act. At least that's how I've been in the past. Where we, we learn in the temple that our heart is where we receive the pure light and knowledge, right? That's, the, that's where we get what the Lord needs us to do. And once we take that information and we give it back to our spirit, right? Our spirit's waiting is like, yes, go. Like, right. And it literally, that, ex- sanctif- that is a sanctifying experience. When the Lord gives you a download of knowledge that goes from your head to your heart or vice versa. Some people receive through their heart and they got to get it in their head, right? Yeah. Once they're, they're united and it's a sanctifying experience, it's emboldening. Like you're like, all right, now I know this, right? Then you can walk into a room full of people who hate you and have a hundred percent confidence like the savior did yep. because you're like, I know who I am. And, and I feel terrible for them that they don't know who they are. And I have compassion on them that they don't know who they are. Yeah. But I know who I am and I know where I stand with the Lord. Yeah. And so in this room, there's a Paul, right? In this whole room of people who hate me, there's a Paul. And I'm going to do my best to touch his heart so that later on, when he's traveling down the road, I'm going to strike him blind. <laughs> and then, you know, this is what the Lord did, right? With yeah. Paul. And then Paul became one of the greatest apostles to ever live, right? Yeah. So... Where are you on the spectrum? Figure out where you are, claim it, yep. and go. Yeah, so I'm glad Tyson brought that up so that those of you who aren't thinkers aren't like, but I don't get it. So right. some of you receive information from the Lord in your heart. Like you just feel it and you know that it's true, but you can't get it into your brain to figure out how to utilize it, right? You're like, I, I know that's true. I love it. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Right. And then there's others of us that receive in our brain like, yep, that's good stuff. That's true. Yeah. But Mm. think about this. This is just coming to me because it's, I think that's so solidified to people so they can understand how to get it from there. Right. It's not like you sit here and go, okay, I got all these feelings in my heart. I'm going to transfer them to my brain. Buffering, (laughs) transferring. Right. That's not how it works. Right. How it works is you take that grace you've been given and the Lord teaches you something that you feel burning in your heart or you feel that light sense of light in your brain and you go to somebody and you, you divulge it to them. The Lord will tell you who, right? You're like, Hey, guess what I learned? And then you, you expose them to that light and it all of a sudden it, it has that effect where it either goes from your brain to your heart because when you see somebody else clearly understand something that the Lord taught you through the spirit, you, if your heart doesn't burn within you, I can't help you. Like you need a, you're probably dead or something, right? Like you don't have a pulse, right? Because there's nothing more exciting to me, right? Than having that experience in the same way, the other way, right? Kind of coming from your heart to your head, you know, I, that's when I, cause I'm a heart, I feel the Lord's truth. It comes to me in a feeling. And then as I explain it to somebody else, the Lord gives me the words through my mind to articulate this thing that I only understand as an emotion or a feeling. And then it's, it gets filed, right? It, and it becomes one. It, my brain and my mind, or my brain and my heart become one. That's so awesome. So I'm the exact opposite, right? I'm the guy that it comes into my mind and I'm like, well, this is really cool knowledge. But then when I go teach it to somebody else, I feel the spirit testify of that truth to the other individual. And then I get the feeling portion of it. So yep. there's the two different ways, right? To, to receive it one way or the other. And, and really it, it's all that principle of grace for grace. What she talked about in there of who are you to not stand up, right? Right. Like you are literally God's emissary saved for the last days to be on the earth. And there are a group of people waiting for you to step up and shine and unconsciously give them permission to stand up and shine. Like the time for sitting down on our behinds, on our pew and minding our own business is over, Like we have to be willing to step up and take the information that we have been given, which I promise you, if you're listening to this podcast, you have more in you than you can even comprehend yet. It's part of you. It's locked away when you came through the veil, but it is yours. And Greg pointed this out. So I got to point it out now because I had this experience last, this last week. I know my mom won't care that I share this, but her and I were talking back and forth on Facebook messenger. And for a long time, I used to be really frustrated 
with where people were around me, right? Because I'm like, how do they not get it, right? This last Sunday, we're talking about the parable of the 10 virgins, right? And it like is so clear to me and her that this is talking about now, right? Like, how do we get this across to these people, right? So before, I'll fully admit, I was like Mr. Condemn, right? I'm like, you people are so stupid, right? Like I'm thinking that in my literally, and Greg knows because he participated <laughs> in this guile program too, right? And now because of that paradigm shift, heart to head, right? I literally have felt like, okay, Lord, somebody in there, maybe not everyone's going to listen, but somebody in there is prepared to receive further light and knowledge. And if I can be a vessel for thee, and overcome myself, which is, for me, it was anger, right? Other people, Greg, he's typically, believe it or not, the kind of guy that doesn't like to speak a lot in front of groups of people, particularly when he knows some of them don't like him. Um, and, and so he, you know, and my wife is even, like, she is, like, number one, not that person to speak up. But when she speaks up in gospel doctrine, everyone listens because she speaks with power. And same with my mom. And so if we can overcome either our trepidation and our fear to open our mouths and say what the Lord wants us to say and cast away any fear of judgment, or like me, you got to put away your pride and go, come at this in a loving way. I throw myself into any equation that involves people that were pharisaical because I've been there or people, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I used to check boxes thinking that's what we do in the church. Then I realized the Lord's trying to be, help us become a principle, not talk about principles, or not say I live this principle, or not say I check this box, right? So that, to me, is overcoming self. Either overcome your fear of saying something, because the Lord wants you to speak, and have the Spirit with you when you speak, or overcome your your pride of judging other people because you feel like you know more. Maybe you do know more, but that just puts a burden on you of proof that you need to Use that Go knowledge. Help somebody else. <laughs> Go help someone, right? Like grace for grace. Yeah. I want to testify to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that there is at least one, but more likely multiple people who are waiting for you. They need you to choose in to make the choice to be part of this gathering. The Lord's not going to use you if you haven't made the choice to participate. And if you choose not to participate, there's a chance that somebody that you covenanted with in the pre-mortal existence is going to go without that knowledge and possibly have to suffer things they wouldn't have had to suffer. And then likely, you're probably going to have to go rescue them anyway if you're awake enough at that point in time to go do that. And that's going to be rough. Like you're going to realize, holy smokes, they just suffered for another three or five or 10 years because I didn't reach out. I don't want to be guilty of that. Like I do not want to be guilty of that. And I know from past experiences, there are people that I had an opportunity to touch and didn't. And now I'm not trying to atone for that, but I'm definitely trying to repent from that and make sure going forward that I don't add anyone to the list. Rinse and do not repeat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. I just want to just, I know we talk about this over and over again, but I just want to reiterate the fact that it's time to make a choice. It's time to choose in. It's time to recognize the person that you are and do what needs to be done to be able to move, to move forward. If you need help, reach out. We've got the mentoring program. We'd love to chat with you. Um, what a blessing it's been for us to meet so many amazing people, right? And we're learning as much being a part of that program as we are helping other people to learn stuff. I mean, literally in the middle of talking to somebody, the Lord's revealing a new piece to me that that person needed to receive that I didn't even realize I didn't know yet. And I'm just like, my heart's just so full of gratitude at the end of every session, you know, for what, what the Lord's doing. Right, it's just been such an amazing opportunity, and it's going to be the same experience for you as you give light and grace to other people. Yep. I just want to give a shout out to all of the people that have donated to His Simple Truths. What a blessing it's been 
we're so grateful. And if we haven't reached out to you individually, I apologize for that. We've tried, but we uh, we get buried with stuff to do, which is amazing and awesome. But we just want you all to know, and especially also those of you who have made comments, that if we haven't reached out to you, I, again, I apologize. Like, we're just not very organized guys. We've made spreadsheets and tried to track <laughs> who we've talked to and who we haven't, and we know people have slipped through the cracks. So just know that if we didn't respond to something that you wrote to us, we read it and we appreciated it and we felt the spirit of it and we love you. Um, we're grateful for all of the support that's coming to us right now as we, we try to move forward. Um, we're excited for um, the seminar that's coming up. The resources haven't materialized for that. We're not exactly sure how that's going to work yet, but we know it's going to happen one way or the other. However, the Lord wants it done. We aren't scared. We're not scared. <laughs> Maybe a little nervous periodically, but then we just put it back on the altar. <laughs> That's going to be such an awesome event. We've already had so many people reach out that are excited to be there. Um, and it's going to be the reunion of the gatherers. Um, again, called the gathering. The gatherers will be what the seminar is called. Um, you can go to the website to check that out. Uh, you can also check out the mentoring there on the website. Um, we're going to add a new page on Facebook for the mentoring program, and there'll be all the reviews from people that we've talked to. Um, you know, feel free to read those and see if it's something that works for you or doesn't. Um, we're just happy to do whatever the Lord directs us and wants us to be doing. I love it. I just want to share just one more um, portion of a comment from somebody who, who got mentoring. Um, and I think this is so phenomenal. This is pretty thematic in the, the mentoring that we were able to do and we've been able to do so far. And this is a fruit of the spirit. Like this isn't Greg and I, right. Uh, being anything other than a vessel. Um, I was with my wife and it was pretty awesome today. She actually, the, the Lord was giving me things to say to her, that only she would know. Um, and I didn't even understand everything that I was saying. And we were sitting at the grocery store and in the corner at the little deli there, and we'd just eaten breakfast. And she's like, stop making me cry. And I was like, it's not me. And she's like, well, you're the vessel, so knock it off. <laughs> right? Like, that's how I, I view what we do. It's, it's really the Lord just using us as a vessel. And yeah. But <clears throat> it's an incredible experience to have that experience. And this... this uh, this person said it was an amazing experience. As I was mentored, um, I found that that he has insight um, and the gift of discernment. Um, it was as if he already knew things that I had never revealed to any other person, but had spent considerable time thinking about and pondering. Like, that's a fruit of the spirit, and that's a fruit of the work that Greg and I are doing, and it's a fruit of the work that you are going to go do. Like I know that there's going to be that the ripple effect from what Greg and I are doing that those that we're that we've been mentoring are taking, and then those of you that are just listening that are already prepared, and you don't need time with Greg and I. You're just going to go out and and do and do the work. That it's it's an amazing thing. I mean, Greg said. The very first podcast, we're going to start a movement, and and that can rub you the wrong way, right? Because especially in the church, we're like, oh boy, here comes a couple of wackadoos, right? They're going to start their own church, right? But and that is a little bit of a cliche term, but it's so true. Like, and it's really the Lord starting a movement. We're just like, you know, He's like, okay, you two amateurs, I'll let you participate in my program of salvation. Come on, right? Like that's what He's doing. Probably not as pedantic. I, I I always insert that feeling like he's pedantic to us, but he's not. He's like he's like you little knuckleheads, get over here, good job, like, keep going, right? And we're like okay. Had a a brother reach out to us this morning, and he said he said you brothers are doing a great work. And I thought about that for a minute, and I texted him back, and I said, "No, brother, the Lord's doing a great work, and we're running to catch up." That's right. <laughs> like, yep. That's where we're at. Like the Lord is starting the gathering of Israel and we're just trying to run and keep up with the prophet, right? 
<laughs> Profits running, and we're like, wait for us. Oh, the gathering train is on the tracks, and we're slapping down we're slapping down iron as fast as we can, <laughs> but that thing's gaining momentum. So there we go. There's an analogy. We need more workers, right, laying yeah. iron, because we're like, we, we don't want this thing to fall off the tracks, right? Like, it <laughs> fell off the tracks when Joseph tried it, but it ain't falling off the tracks this time. That's right. But we need more workers out there helping slap iron down and, and uh, driving spikes so we can keep the train on the tracks. Love it. Love it. We love you. Please recognize who you are. Please get in the fight. The only way you overcome self is by momentum. Drawing darkness into the light. And if you need help, we'll help you with that. The Lord has blessed us with the ability to help people take darkness and pull it out in the light and go, here you go. And then it's destroyed. And I can't, like, experiences of people messaging me the next day and, and just being like huge difference. And it's not, again, it's not Greg and I, but it's amazing that they're having their lives changed because someone took the time in ministering, right? To show them that Satan is hiding in the shadows of their life and in their heart and they don't even recognize it. And as soon as we reach in there with the help of the Lord, yank that darkness out of them and put it in front of them, they're like, oh, and then the light shines on it and it's gone. And I'm telling you, like Greg and I, I don't know, I feel like we're just here to like get the word out and and obviously we're doing the work too but like this whole thing is the lord just moving his his work along that's right yep we love you guys god be with you till we meet again hoorah